0: And welcome to Podcasts for Wonderful, episode 85. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about the Dana Gould Hour from April 13th, 2016, featuring Dana Gould and guests. But first we're going to be speaking to my guest. And uh, you know this man as one of the great science fiction writers, or just, I would say, just a uh, writer of fine literature of the last 50 years, 100 years. Uh, anytime, actually. He's a, he's a great writer. Please welcome to the show, Kurt Vonnegut. Hello, people. Uh, so, Kurt, I- I'm sorry to uh, pigeonhole you there, to that time period. I know you're a great writer, and and I know you also uh, you wanted to stay out of people calling you a science fiction writer all the time. Uh,
1: yeah, I don't always think of myself as a science fiction writer. Um, my stuff falls into that genre, I guess, or into fantasy. But I think I, I think I've been pretty important. I think I've had a lot to say about. Life and how people relate to each other.
0: Yeah, I would definitely say that's a good point. And uh, who cares if you throw some uh, science fiction in there, some uh, far future evolution uh, kind of meta commentary stuff like that? Uh, you're still just writing literature.
1: Yeah, I think so. You probably know that I'm that I'm not among the living anymore, which is kind of a funny thing
0: right I didn't necessarily want to bring that up because sometimes guests are a little uh, sensitive about that one
1: I like uh, to get it out there
0: okay it's like so, a
1: friend of mine in, in real in real life a friend of mine in the before life you know she was always okay with you know anyone wanted to know how old she was she was really okay with that she was really okay with what her age was what her weight was she's like no nope, I'll tell you in fact she made everyone else uncomfortable telling them that
0: <laughs> what's it like to be dead
1: It is not like I thought it would be. I was actually um, active in the, um, I think it was the International Humanist Society. It was definitely a big humanist society. Me and Isaac Asimov, and I liked to joke that when Isaac Asimov died, you know, the people, us at the Humanist Society joked, well, Isaac's up in heaven now, not really thinking there was any kind of afterlife at all. But here I am, and my face is a little red. Yeah, I, I am still going on. My consciousness is here. I'm, I'm in, um, I'm sort of in another universe. I'm sort of in another, I sort of in another part of space, and I'm sort of in another dimension. So I, I see. And yeah, it's a, it's, it's certainly interesting to me. I mean, I never thought I was a sci-fi person, but here I am in the middle of sci-fi. <laughs>
0: so you're not like on a fluffy cloud up in heaven or anything like that. It's. It's a totally different thing.
1: Yeah, I'm not on a fluffy cloud. I mean, I guess that there could be a manifestation of a fluffy cloud at some point. Uh I'm still kind of learning the ropes here. Times a little different here. Um and I've been in this after world, this after time since well, I don't I'm not sure what year is it there.
0: Uh we're currently living in 2016. It's uh 2016. I believe it's July now.
1: Lot. So it's about, I guess it's about eight years since, since the mishap on earth. And so I've been gone that long there. It's really hard for me to judge how long, how much time has passed for me here and now. Uh, but yeah, I'm still learning the ropes and uh, there may be a way for me to manifest the fluffy cloud and angels with harps <laughs> situation. I'm not completely sure. I know that, I know that I've run into this thing where have you ever been in a situation where you're really you're really embarrassed, and you don't like the way things are going and you kind of wish to yourself, "Oh, I wish I could disappear." Yeah. You don't want to do that here.
0: Oh, cuz uh, you'll just wink out of existence?
1: If you wish hard enough, it can happen. I've seen it happen and I don't know where they go. I haven't seen anyone come back yet. Oh my. Yeah.
0: It's So you said you're you're working through your uh you're making your way up the ropes there. Uh, is there like a hierarchy? Are are you working towards something?
1: Am I working towards? Them? I'm really just trying to learn how to how to function here. You know, there's the I guess the the weirdness with the passage of time makes it kind of hard to know. Where I'm supposed to be, what I'm supposed to be doing. Oddly enough, I still have those dreams where I'm I'm back in some permutation of high school, elementary school, college, where I don't know what my class schedule is. I think I kind of know what classes I went to the day before. It's so uh, it's weird. It's really weird. It's weird that that's still going on. Why would I still be having those dreams in the afterlife?
0: Yeah, I have dreams like I'd say once a month. I have a dream uh, where. I'm late for work at Target and I worked at Target when I was a teenager. Uh, I worked at the snack bar at Target Mm -hmm. and I haven't, I haven't worked there for, you know, more than 10 years, but for whatever reason, that's always my stress stream. And I don't, I don't remember uh, being really stressed about being late at Target either. So I don't know what the issue is there. So that sounds like uh, the exact same situation you're in. Yeah,
1: maybe so. Maybe so. So yeah, it's, so I guess that relates to how I'm not sure where I'm supposed to be, what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, there are other people and other beings around. I mean, I would say there, there are humanoid sort of people, and then there are people who are, you know, they're not exactly like humans, but they are, you know, bipeds and have the two eyes most of the time and oh, the wow. two ears and all that good stuff. It seems like it's not just people who, you know, grew grew older and then passed away on earth that are here
0: but do you see any you ever see any celebs up there
1: Ooh. Hmm.
0: does anyone ever ask you for your autograph
1: well there there are people who seem to know me and i think they're they're they kind of don't want to bother me i think they think i think they they remember me as as a curmudgeonly fellow and i think they don't want to bother me, but I try to be good and friendly. I try to be not intimidating. And maybe if I maybe if I get together with more people here and make sure I'm not all that intimidating, maybe that'll help me to learn the ropes better and really know what I'm supposed to be doing. Because if there are groups that are really clustering together, really getting together and, and talking about what we're supposed to be doing, I want to be part of that.
0: So do you feel like you were a curmudgeon when you were alive?
1: <sighs> I may have been a little bit of a curmudgeon. Um... You know, I, I ended up, I, I always said that I was going to sue the cigarette companies because their little statements on the packages kept promising to kill me, and then they never did. Um, and then I didn't die from cigarettes, so I I don't know. Um, I think I was a curmudgeon about that. I, I think I may have been a curmudgeon about when my when my works were made into films, although, you know, I'm I'm happy they were made into films, and I'm happy people liked them that much. So... Maybe I was a curmudgeon. Do I seem curmudgeonly?
0: No, you seem very polite right now.
1: Oh, that's cool. Well, okay, good, good. <laughs> yeah, it's upbringing. I've been through a lot of stuff. Yeah, but I—it's passing the time is kind of an interesting and daunting task here. So, you know, funnily enough, I do, I do still have a smartphone here. That's really. <laughs> um, that's really an interesting thing to me. And I'm, I've, I've still got all that shoulder pain from playing candy crush too.
0: Oh, geez. Yeah. So you have an actual body there, but
1: is that? Yeah. Oh yeah. I've, I'm, I'm the same dude. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like if, if Mark Twain, you know, wore slightly darker colored suits and had slightly darker colored hair. I'm, <laughs> I'm a lot like I was in life.
0: Wow, that that's a great mental image and I know exactly how you're looking right now.
1: Yeah, and, and I don't I don't know if I can manifest something differently in that way either. You know, maybe I could make myself maybe I could make myself into I don't know, a Fabio type or a blonde bombshell or who knows? I, I'm not sure. You know? I like I like physical beauty in people so who knows maybe I could do something like that maybe I could be like my character that I wrote Montana Wild Hack.
0: <laughs> maybe you could and I'm sure at some point in this interview I'm going to ask you to do that to give it a try but uh, ha- have you been working on any new uh, books while you've been you know deceased uh,
1: I've been I've I've been putting things together in my head I've, I've been sort of putting together stories about, you know, it's weird. I think about life back on earth and it was always that I was writing stories for earth people and for myself too, I guess, as an earth person. And I think I'm still in that mindset, but then it still comes out, like other people would say, sci-fi. So um, I was always interested in writing things about spontaneous combustion and what if spontaneous combustion became an epidemic around the world and, What if there came some strange mystique about it, and people almost wanted to combust? Um, I don't know. Kind of weird, I guess.
0: Hmm, that's an interesting idea, though.
1: Yeah, I would have sci-fi.
0: Sci-fi world you've thought of.
1: Thank you. Thanks very much. Yeah, and you know, so much of it. I mean, maybe maybe it links back to the cigarettes. Maybe my interest in that links back to the cigarettes since so much of my stuff I wrote came from my own life, you know, and experiences in the war, et cetera. So that whole deal about the guy who wrote Catch-22, though, being overhead in Dresden in an airplane while I was, you know, a prisoner of war in Dresden being bombed, that's not true. It's a myth. Oh, really? Yep.
0: I- how are you sure about that?
1: I, we've talked about it. We talked
0: about oh, it. Oh, okay.
1: You know, you asked if I'd seen any celebs. I saw Joseph Heller walking around up here. Okay. Yeah.
0: You know, I was going to, at one point before I, I, I gotta admit, before every show, I take a quick peek at their uh, Wikipedia profile, and I was going to bring up Catch-22 as one of your novels, because it, I think it has kind of a similar style, I'd say. But then yeah. luckily, I looked at the works section, and I saw that you hadn't read that book.
1: Nope. <laughs> Nope, that's not me. That's the that's the the bombardier, not the POW. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, you might know my book, Breakfast of Champions, in which I discuss human beings as machines whose chemicals either go very right or very wrong. Mm-hmm. And I still don't know how I feel about that idea, but but I'm glad I wrote it. I think it I think it was a good thing for me to write. I think people cared about it. it.
0: Seems I, like. You do kind of write uh, science fiction, but it, it isn't, like, super high concept. It's it's definitely always more about the characters. Uh, like in Slaughterhouse-Five, did you ever think about maybe uh, putting a DeLorean uh, time machine or, you know, some kind of flashy uh, flashy plot device like that in there?
1: Hmm, you know? You know, I don't, I don't know if I did think about that. I mean, you know, H.G. Wells had had his time machine and stuff like that, and... Um, I don't know if I wanted to go all high tech like that. I liked the idea. I liked the idea of it being just something that kind of happened. Yeah. Um, which you would think that the idea of like just wishing yourself to disappear here would appeal to me more in a case like that, but actually it doesn't. I'm hoping I can, I hope I can keep from doing that.
0: (laughs) You're never even a little curious to see what the next place is like.
1: Who knows if there's a next place when that happens? That's true. You say, I wish, I I don't I hate to even say it. So.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, don't, don't do it.
1: I feel like I should cross my fingers whenever I say that.
0: Yeah, that's probably a good idea.
1: Declare it opposite day.
0: Maybe pinch yourself just to keep yourself grounded. (laughs) So you don't float (laughs) away.
1: That's right. Have you ever, have you ever, um, on earth, I remember I used to be, I'd be say driving down the road and once in a while I'd see on the sidewalk, I'd see say a single shoe there on the sidewalk and it seemed very ominous. Oh my gosh, where did the person and the other shoe go? Mm -hmm. And so, and, and, and one time I saw two shoes on the road and I'm thinking, oh no, where did the person go? And that never happens when people wish they could disappear. The whole thing they just disappear but I wonder if maybe on earth that was some kind of they were saying I wish I could disappear fingers crossed that they wish they could disappear and then everything but their shoes they disappeared right out of their shoes that could be Hmm.
0: I wonder what it would mean if you saw three three shoes at the side of a road
1: that would be it. three of the same kind of shoe
0: yeah and that then would the middle be... one the middle one is kind of a weird halfway in between a left and a right shoe it's just straight ahead
1: <laughs> I was thinking either that either that's a three-legged person who wished themselves to disappear or, or it's a really weird kind of shoplifter who will shoplift one shoe. Cause no one's going to sell you one shoe. No.
0: no. Trust me. I've tried.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you did, huh?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Is um, that for an
1: art project or well, I just experimenting, leaving three shoes by the sidewalk.
0: I am a three-legged person. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you, you, you've you, kind of uh, tried to stay out of the sci-fi label. Um, but then I, I read one of your books, and uh, you, you kept drawing a little picture of an asshole in it. Uh, yep. were, were you ever worried you might get slapped with the pornographer's label? Because that pick was A-plus material, brother.
1: Hmm. You know, I guess there are other things in that book that I drew that they could have... Um... That they could have decided I was a pornographer for. I mean, maybe if my drawing skill was, was a lot more photorealistic, they would have. But, uh, I don't know. If, if you get a book banned in Boston, of course, that may, means everybody wants to read it. So.
0: Oh, yeah. That's, a, yeah. that's a good point.
1: Yeah, I wasn't too worried about it.
0: I wonder if maybe I should try writing a book, but explicitly go out of my way to try to get it banned places so that people would be more interested in it.
1: Hmm, that's a very, that's a good thought, you know, I don't know. That could really work out. You know, you know something, um, was it from my book Breakfast of Champions? Yes, it was. Um, I was really happy when the X-Files actually seemed to make a little reference to that a long time ago. You know that?
0: I don't know that. Were
1: were you an X-Files fan? Uh, I watched...
0: A fair share of X-Files but uh, I don't think I've seen all of them or anything
1: yeah they uh, it seems like they had a character who was writing really important almost sci-fi like expose stuff and sending it away to be published hoping that he could stop being a government bad guy and then he realized that his stuff was being published in uh, porno mag and he that was not what he envisioned for his writing and so that was the end of his big dream. Ah. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that could be a, a reference to you.
1: I think it might have been. I mean, they never blatantly said it, but.
0: And then I think I also read in one of your books where you wrote yourself into the book as well.
1: Um, I, I wonder if you're talking about Breakfast of Champions with the pictures in it. Because, uh, I, I mean, I do name myself the creator of the universe in that book.
0: <laughs> and... I guess that's kind of almost true in your current situation. Like you can make things manifest there.
1: I hope so. I'm still working on it. Um, I mean, yesterday I I really wanted some black olives and I thought about it and thought about it and closed my eyes and I sort of tried to slow down my breathing and really, really see the black olives and I almost did it. I I ended up with green olives, <laughs> but there were no pimentos. That was good. Right. Um, so I would think I'm, I think I'm three quarters of the way there. Um, so I just got to keep trying, I think. And I've got to try it, you know, unlike when I would visit the grocery store as an, a living earth person, I've got to remember, make sure that they're pitted because I hate when there are pits. Gross. Yeah. I hate to buy, you know, you know. Don't get the ones with pits in them unless you really like to go to the dentist. Uh,
0: what, what is your favorite out of all your uh, books you've written?
1: Oh, um, hmm. you know, I like I like Cat's Cradle. I think Cat's Cradle is, is important. And I think that um, the tribe of people that I wrote about called the Boconinists, um, I think they have a lesson for people honestly um in that they're not they're not hooked on jealousy in their lives you know and people who are hooked on jealousy in their lives they kind of ostracize them a little um i I thought haters yeah they're kind of (laughs) haters and they're you know that and haters gonna hate but you know i i was happy about the volconanists in and, and cat's cradle and the fact that, that it included the uh, the particle ice nine I uh, was pretty proud of that Joe Satriani wrote a wrote a song was it Joe Satriani? Pretty sure Joe Satriani wrote a guitar piece and named it ice 9 after my ice particle that could teach all the other water particles to turn into ice.
0: Oh mm. you know while you're describing it I was thinking I don't think I've read that book but now that you mentioned the, the, that ice nine <laughs> particle I think I actually have read that book.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, I'm I was happy about the book. I, I'm glad I got to write the things I got to write. And I think I I think I probably repeated the same themes a lot. But so be it. Um, maybe I just had the same things were important to me consistently. Maybe that's all it is.
0: It's like you always say so it goes.
1: So it goes. <laughs> exactly. Thank you.
0: Um, is there any book out there that you wish you had written that someone else wrote?
1: Ooh, um, you know, I almost wish, wow, well, you know, knowing me and knowing some of the very popular modern authors, like say Chuck Palahniuk who wrote Fight Club, I, I would love to be able to get inside that guy's head, funnily enough, since the plot of Fight Club, well, no spoilers, but um, <laughs> if I could get in his head and and, um, and, and see if everything had to be so violent and outrageous not that i you know people like that people like violent and outrageous it certainly it keeps a person turning the pages mm-hmm. yeah so maybe it. yeah maybe them you know and maybe you know who knows maybe if i if i had been joseph heller and i was um <laughs> you know the guy in the in the <laughs> in the plane bombing people instead of the guy in dresden uh, just, just crossing my fingers, hoping not to be vaporized. Um, then, you know, maybe, uh, maybe I would have been a whole different person too. Maybe I wouldn't have been this what I, I think people think was a good author.
0: Oh, definitely, I would say you're very respected.
1: Yeah, thank you. Uh,
0: how about your old buddy Isaac Asimov? Ever wish you had written books about robots and
1: psychics you know, and stuff? Hmm. You know, let me think about that. Ah. Uh, I don't know if I wish I had done what he did. He I think I think we kind of bounced off of each other, well, in that way. So, I think it's good that we just complimented each other. That makes me wonder if I'm going to run into him here.
0: Yeah, just look out for those crazy glasses and the hair.
1: And the mutton chop sideburns. Yes. Nobody pulled off mutton chops like Isaac.
0: <laughs> you guys kind of had like an opposite writing style. Like you were all about the characters and he was all about the situations, I think.
1: You know, what I really like to remember about Isaac is that he could hold his liquor. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. He Yeah, he could hold his liquor. And believe it or not, the ladies love those mutton chops.
0: Oh, I can believe it.
1: That's crazy, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's kind of like peacocking these days.
1: Yeah, kind of. <laughs> kind of is. He, I, he was maybe ahead of his time, fashion-wise, that way.
0: I want to get to talking about the podcast, but first... Okay. Well, I don't know. Do I ask you to try to transform yourself now and then maybe I'm stuck talking to a different person for the rest of the podcast?
1: Hmm. Or do who we wait I, till the end? Who can I turn myself into who's really, really the opposite of Kurt Vonnegut, is really vacuous hmm. and dopey? I mean, is that the way I should go? I, that's the the thing that comes to my mind.
0: Okay. Well, mm-hmm. I think I get the hint that you're laying down and I don't want you to turn into me. Okay? no (laughs) thanks a lot i thought this interview was going good i I think we'll save that for the end of the podcast just in case uh i don't want to be stuck uh talking to some dullard like me (laughs) i didn't say it (laughs) okay well we'll take a little break and then when we come back we'll talk about the podcast This week, I was going to be talking with Kathy Sherwood of 88.5 WFCF in St. Augustine, Florida. Uh, but when I went to go connect to her on Skype, uh, I was hijacked somehow by Kurt Vonnegut and the Astral Plane, I guess you could say. So I wasn't able to talk to Kathy this week. Uh, I'm a little annoyed at Kurt Vonnegut, but what can you do? I don't think he did it on purpose, so I forgive him. But uh, I still think you should go listen to Kathy's show. Uh, especially if you live in St. Augustine go check it out it's on 88.5 WFCF and it's called Not Quite Random it's on Thursday nights uh, 7pm to 9.30pm eastern time Uh, if you want to go check them out on Facebook it's http colon forward slash forward slash www.facebook.com forward slash not quite random Uh, you can also find it on iHeartRadio just look for 88.5 WFCF on iHeartRadio and listen to the show not quite random you need to do it please for my sake then also there's the Amazon wish list and a donation button that you could hit on the website or in the description of this episode uh, and thank you so much to all the people that sent something in uh, Alex and I really appreciate it if you don't want to spend any money you could always just rate and review the show on iTunes or tell a friend about the show Uh, any of these things, I don't care. Or you could just listen and enjoy it. I don't care. That's fine. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get back to the show. Bye-bye. That's what I think the population is now doing with Trump. It's taken us so long to get over the shock of what he's doing that people are now going,
1: what the fuck is this?
0: Yeah. Like yesterday, Elizabeth Warren criticized him and his response was, the Indian? What the Indian. Are you kidding me? No, it's like it's like Captain Lou Albano is running for president. And you see these people trying to behave in a normal way. It was always my fear of being a parent. What if I have a kid that just blatantly disregards everything I say? Well, yeah, Mm -hmm. or just dealing
1: with bullies at school. Like you sort of apply some version of human logic to it. And if they just come back with a punch to your face, what do you do? You know, what do you do? It's the equivalent of "I know you are, but what am I?" And when he responds to a reporter that you know nails him and says they're stupid, of all the inarticulate, yeah, that's not truth telling. That's not bold, you know reactions and for someone to say I'm smart I'm very very smart yeah it's just- no smart no very smart person says that exactly yeah. he said the only truthful thing he said was I could kill somebody
0: in the middle of Fifth Avenue and I wouldn't lose voters and he's right you know he's just at that Huey Long There's more a, he's re-
1: popular than Jesus yeah uh, but he wouldn't he wouldn't
0: have said it in the way that was actually said he wouldn't uh, say it in a way course. that implies it was a negative yeah
1: it was irony yes This is
0: Groucho Marx. A few days ago, I was talking with the director of civil defense, and he told me some things that I feel everyone should know. Did you know, for example, that your chances of surviving an atom bomb attack are excellent? It's true. Keep a complete first aid kit handy. Keep a closed container of drinking water in your refrigerator. Enough for three days. Take a look around your house right now and pick out the safest spot, away from windows and doors. Make sure that every member of your family understands he is to rush to that safe spot when there's danger. I'm convinced that these precautions are necessary
1: right now. They're important to your family, yourself, and your community.
0: So this week Kurt Vonnegut and I listened to the Dana Gould Hour from April thirteenth, twenty sixteen, featuring Dana Gould and guests. He had uh, Lorraine Newman, uh Janet Varney, and the the guys that wrote uh the O.J. Simpson miniseries that it had just been on. And on the Dana Gould Hour, uh Dana does some characters, he uh just interviews people that he finds interesting. He'll uh like in this episode he recounted uh kind of the history of the twilight zone. And that was a pretty interesting segment. Uh, Kurt, I know you have your smartphone up there in, uh, you know, dimension X or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and this is one of your favorite podcasts. Uh, is there anything I'm leaving out of, uh, what the Dana Gould hour is all about?
1: Um, only, only maybe the Eddie Pepitone is often on there too. He's great.
0: Oh yeah. He's so funny.
1: Yeah. um, and and I really loved that they uh, talked about the Twilight Zone. You know, Serling was a, a cool person, and um, I really liked that they talked about that. I like that, that Dana has some reverence for that stuff, I think. wonder if he'll ever talk about me on there.
0: Oh, I bet he would. I bet he's a fan. I hope. <laughs> uh, would you consider yourself a comedy film nerd?
1: Ooh, am I a comedy film nerd? Perhaps. Do you, do you
0: enjoy comedy?
1: Sure, I love comedy. Okay. The Marx Brothers? My word.
0: You're more into the Marx Brothers than like an Adam Sandler or something like that?
1: I've got no problem with Adam Sandler, but you know, those 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 pure early classics, I really like those. I really like the old Popeye cartoons though, too. I'm I'm really impressed with how funny some of the dialogue is in the black and white Popeye cartoons.
0: Wow, you're sounding like a real Dana Gould here.
1: Maybe. Maybe so. Maybe I am that kind of comedy film nerd. Oh, boy. i got to rethink some things here in the afterlife.
0: Yeah, I would definitely say I'm a bit of a comedy film nerd. Love the classics. Will Ferrell, uh, Chris Farley, Ben Stiller. Oh, yeah. Big comedy film nerd.
1: Good stuff. <laughs> Bobcat Goldplate. I think he was on a guest on the show at one point, too, on, on Dana Gould's show one time.
0: Yeah, he's been on uh, several comedy podcasts, like Comedy Bang Bang and stuff like that.
1: He, yeah, He's a
0: good guest. He's a funny guy.
1: Yes, he certainly is. Funny and smart guy, I think. Mm-hmm. And honest. And I think that's important on these podcasts, too.
0: Yeah. I wish he'd do the voice sometimes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder. I mean, maybe he, just, uh, maybe he just got tired of the effort of that. He's getting older. Maybe his lungs just don't have it anymore.
0: Yeah, that would have to wreck your vocal cords. <laughs> yeah. Where have you shot a man just to watch him die?
1: Where have I shot a man just to watch him Well, I ended up shooting some people in um in in Germany
0: mm-hmm.
1: in the in the 40s. Uh so I I I wouldn't say I shot them just to watch them die. I guess it was just my job and <laughs> yeah. I was trying to get it get it done and get the hell home.
0: Yep, you're like, "Look, guys, I'm just here to do my hours. I'm I'm doing what they tell me." Uh no no offense. I don't mean to Cause you guys any inconvenience, but I got to shoot you here.
1: Yeah. And they're like, nine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: I've never shot anyone personally. Luckily there's no draft currently. Uh, Thank goodness. Yeah.
1: Hope it never happens. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: I think I might be uh, getting a little too old to be drafted anyway. Hopefully.
1: Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe so. Yeah, I hope we can just—you know—it'd be nice if you guys there on Earth could just avoid the whole war machine altogether, if you can. Did I hear something about the? Um, did I hear something about Britain pulling out of the EU on Earth?
0: I believe, yeah, I believe that is the case. There is. Whoa,
1: that seems crazy to me. I don't know if things like that happen here. Like I said, I'm still learning.
0: <laughs> still learning the ropes. Yep. Uh, When did you start experimenting with drinking and drugs?
1: Uh, Probably around the same time I went to Germany.
0: That's a good time to do it.
1: Yeah. You might as well be on foreign soil and always moments away from death or (laughs) imprisonment.
0: Although I guess if you're moments away from death, there might be something for staying sober in that situation.
1: Well, maybe. Maybe I could go either (laughs) way. Yep. Don't mind dying but I want to be just blotto for it
0: <laughs> I waited until I was uh, about 31 to start drinking it all Oh yeah yeah that was a weird choice on my part but mm. that's the way I went. I still don't drink very much because I didn't start when I was like a teenager or whatever and so everything tastes gross to me yeah uh, so I'd mostly stay away from it still
1: some people just um some people just go with the alcohol you know that tastes like candy. Some people say with like the liqueurs or, you know, a drink, there's a drink called a brain that's, you know, you pour Irish cream into some pink strawberry schnapps and it clouds up and it looks like a brain in a jar.
0: Okay, I'm writing all these down.
1: Please do. It's like a milkshake for alcoholics. You got to pace yourself too or you'll get a little barfy.
0: Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Uh, what's What's your hobby that you would like to turn into a career?
1: a hobby that i'd like to turn into a career. i like to write letters and i haven't really figured that situation out here either. maybe maybe here there, there's a way for me to turn writing letters into a career. i wonder if they need a letter writing service here.
0: <laughs> well, you have your smartphone. maybe you could just text people.
1: oh, the smartphone. that's going to kill my ideas, i think. i don't i don't know. <laughs> i don't know if there would be as much of a market for writing texts for people. <laughs>
0: Hmm. yeah and how would you how would you set that up i mean you already text people because you don't want to call them so yeah i don't know how that would work that's a good point you're right i'm sorry
1: i don't even know who my provider is here really (laughs) i i need some help with that i think did you
0: have the phone with you when you got there or did you manifest it
1: you know what funnily enough it was like on the nightstand i woke up here and it was on the nightstand and um I had one of those little touch lamps on the nightstand too. That was odd. I thought I'd never really run into those, but I reach over and just accidentally turn the light on because I slammed my hand into the lamp and there's my smartphone.
0: Do you have like an afterlife apartment or?
1: It, yeah, it's kind of a studio. <laughs> yep. Okay. It's it's small, but, you know, I mean, it kind of makes me live live simply.
0: And of course, you know, the obvious answer for me, what hobby would I like to make into my career? Kind of known for it. Yeah. Uh, counted cross stitch, of course. Yeah.
1: Nice. I would love
0: <laughs> to just send people, you know, nice embroideries that they can put on their walls. You know, I, and I really love podcasts, too. I like making them and I like listening to them. So maybe I could yeah. send somebody like a uh, quotes from my favorite podcast and they could put that on their wall. Maybe. And possibly pay me for it.
1: That sounds cool. Do you ever do the profane cross stitch? Do you ever make like send out for Christmas nice cross stitch wall hangings that say STFU or oh. things like that?
0: Oh no, no, no! That's no? way too spicy for me. Oh uh, okay. Oh geez, Kurt.
1: <laughs> I know. Sorry.
0: Uh, well, let's see. I, I didn't write these questions with a uh, a dead person in mind necessarily. Okay. Um, how many? Well, you sp- won't
1: offend me or anything.
0: Okay. How many secret families are you keeping or have you, had you kept?
1: No secret families. Um, Mrs. Vonnegut in, in our life was, um, she was an open-minded person and, and, you know, knew that I liked the ladies and I was hit with the ladies. And so, you know, she didn't mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I, I buy into that, that that Bocannonist philosophy about let's not have jealousy be a big, crazy or big crazy uh, thorn in our life. And, and so, you know, I I didn't restrict her that heavily either. Okay. But so no need for secrets.
0: So you weren't one of those people who was like, yeah, we're, we have an open relationship, uh, except for you. Try, if you try to do anything, then no thank you.
1: Yeah, I was not that kind of pig. Well, that's great. Yeah.
0: And so... I don't remember uh, ever. I didn't read this necessarily uh, on your Wikipedia. Did you have any children?
1: Yes, I did. I miss them dearly. I really do. (laughs) Oh, I bet so. Yeah. And I I wonder, you know, I don't know. I don't know if there's a possibility of me. I mean, I've managed to contact you. Right. I wonder if you could get in touch with my kids, Greggy.
0: Yeah. So I sent an email to uh, Kurt Vonnegut at gmail.com. Yeah. And it came through on your on your smartphone there.
1: Yeah.
0: And then I called you on Skype and we we were just recording that. So, uh, what I'll do is I'll just pass on your Skype information. Okay. to Your children and hopefully they won't assume I'm a crazy person.
1: Okay. Cool deal. Okay. All right.
0: I just have one secret family. Uh, that's my actual family.
1: Okay. Um,
0: they don't necessarily know that I am their father or, uh, that I'm married to my wife, let's say.
1: Whoa. And so you're Uh, keeping it a secret from them too. Right. I just
0: sneak in one. Okay. I don't know if I like this idea. (laughs) Maybe that'll get cut. Okay. (laughs) Kurt, why are you voting for Donald Trump?
1: Where did you hear that?
0: (laughs) Well, I just assumed that we were on the same wavelength.
1: No, I'm sorry. I would not vote for Donald Trump. I'm sorry. Oh, why not? someone someone told you wrong. <laughs> um, i don't I don't think he's really even running for one thing. And isn't it funny that that he's big enough news there and a big enough a big enough what would you call him a, a big enough uh, uh, elephant in the room that we're hearing about him here? Oh yeah, i I couldn't. I can't. I mean, if it's the same Donald Trump that was around when I was last on Earth. Mm-hmm. No way, Jose.
0: Did they ever approach you to be on the celebrity apprentice?
1: Nope <laughs> Nope.
0: But did that um, make you mad? Would you have liked to have been?
1: No um, I you know I can get along without it. I kind of you know my philosophy was always we're here on earth to fart around and maybe that's what I should be doing here too.
0: Ooh, maybe I'll put yeah. that on the sampler. <laughs> We're here on earth to fart around.
1: You should, you should do that. I, yeah, you have my permission. Know.
0: It's a little, I don't know. It's a little too racy for me, but maybe.
1: Uh, everybody farts, Greg.
0: <laughs> That's a good point. So who, who are you going to vote for? Is there voting allowed there?
1: If I figure out a way to absentee vote or from the afterlife, voting from the dead or something like that, um, ballots from the dead, I think I would I would vote for Bernie if he if he if he somehow pulls it out, but it sounds like Hillary is the nominee, the nom the nomin, the, the nominatrix. And um yeah, I'd really rather vote for Bernie.
0: But if push comes to shove you'll I would, vote for Hillary. I
1: would have to vote for Hillary.
0: Okay, well you changed my mind. I'm not going to vote for Donald Trump anymore.
1: Oh I'm so glad I could help.
0: Uh, how would you have voted on that that Brexit uh, ballot if you had been able to? Um,
1: hmm. I think I think I probably would have voted for for uh, Britain to stay in in the union.
0: Yeah, I think I would have too. Um, at first, I was uh, against it. I was like, "Yes, definitely leave," uh, because I thought that that meant that the England was going to be detached from Europe and it was just going to float around. Hmm. Um, then I thought maybe I could swim over there or something. Oh, once I realized that, no, everything's going to stay the same way it is, but it's just going to, you know, screw up the economics and stuff like that. I was like, yeah, I guess they can stay.
1: Yeah. The economic thing is the, is the thing that, that, you know, spooks everyone a little bit, I think. Mm-hmm. But it would be cool to be able to do sort of a red Rover thing, red Rover, red Rover, send England right over and we just hop on. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I wonder how. I wonder what kind of speeds that puppy could get.
1: If it was really
0: cut loose, it could uh, just float around like crazy.
1: Well, if we say send it right over, they need to send it right over.
0: That's true. So
1: hopefully, it will be fast.
0: (laughs) Uh, If you were writing a Twilight Zone episode, what would it be about?
1: Ooh, maybe the spontaneous combustion thing. Ooh, good one. Um, maybe, maybe, you know, I, I I always wanted to build on that idea. It was someone else's idea, but they, they had an idea about the, um, you ever heard of the, the gnomes a person is supposed to see when they take something called DMT?
0: <laughs>
1: okay. I don't know if we can go there. but we'll, we'll, You know, yeah, supposedly you take this substance and you find yourself underground and you see these little people And when they speak, their words form objects. And I think that's an interesting idea. Uh, That might be something fun to build on. I wonder how one would build on that.
0: So the Hmm. idea is that this drug actually transports you to this place, or uh, it's a hallucination, or? Who, you know? I guess that's what you would explore. Who can
1: say? Who can say? Yeah. Who can say? You know, there was there was that talk about, um, um, I think, a nun way back in the day who got messages from God. And then um, something happened that cured her epilepsy. And then there weren't any more messages from God. And so who knows? Was she hallucinating or did she have some kind of open channel? And, you know, God, I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him. So who knows?
0: That's a great point. You are dead. You I are in. What? I
1: have not run into God. Right. You know, who? Mm-hmm. I wonder if I would ever run into Leonard Nimoy.
0: <laughs> who would you be more excited to meet, God or Leonard Nimoy?
1: Definitely Nimoy. <laughs> Definitely. Are you a
0: big Star Trek fan or I'm a uh, much more...
1: fan, I'm much bigger fan of his albums.
0: Okay, yeah, that's what I was about to say. <laughs> the Ballad of Bilbo Baggins is that your jam?
1: Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love it. Nimoy's is pretty awesome. I like the haircut, too.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe you could cast him in your Twilight Zone episode.
1: maybe so. Maybe
0: would he so. be one of the gnomes or would he be the guy taking the drugs?
1: I think he would be I think he would maybe be the guy taking the drugs, or perhaps the gnomes have a liaison who helps them communicate with you know the so-called mortals. Um, maybe he's the liaison between the gnomes and the drug taker. Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: I was going to think of my own episode, but I think um, if it ever happens to me that they need me to write a a Twilight Zone episode, I'll just steal this whole gnome thing. Because you're dead anyway. You can't do anything. Oh, are you sure? Yeah.
1: I might be able to do something about it. I don't know. I've got a lot of things to look into. I need to look into, you're giving me ideas. I really need to look into whether Rod Serling is here somewhere, Mm -hmm. whether Leonard Nimoy is here somewhere one of these days I'll think about finding out if God is here, but mainly Serling and Nimoy and
0: your old pal Asimov.
1: Old, yeah, Isaac. I got to run into Isaac. I think I want, I think I loaned him a jacket. I need to get that back. Um, I wonder if he would have brought it back with him anyway. Maybe right. I can manifest a new jacket. Those lapels, they don't make them like that anymore in the afterlife. Um, yeah, I gotta find out those things. I'm interested to find out how many people are actually here. I don't know if there's an afterworld census bureau. I just have so many things to find out about. I think the, the moral of that story is I really just need to get out more often.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if you could change your name to anything you wanted, what would you choose?
1: What would I choose? I don't know that I would call myself Kilgore Trout like the character in my books. I mean, it was a name that appealed to me, but partly because it was just goofy as heck. (laughs) Um, Kurt Vonnegut's a great name.
0: That is a really good name.
1: I like my name. Vonnegut, you know, I mean, a lot of times I had to explain Vonnegut to kids at school. It's like, yeah, you know, we're, we're, you know, German Jewry, we have names like that, blah, 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 blah. blah, blah and, um, but, hmm, hmm, what would I want my name to be? Greg's a good name. Huh? Oh, thank you. Sure, Greg is a cool name. Hochstetler is a cool, Hochstetler would make a cool battle cry. Hochstetler! Hochstetler! And they charge with their swords drawn.
0: Yep, if they ever bring the draft back, I'll yell <laughs> that.
1: That's right. If it you were me. Yell it, yell it when you get in front of the draft board. Right. <laughs> then maybe you won't have to go.
0: Uh, there's this classic mystery science theater 3000 bit where they they just uh, come up with all these random names for this uh, one really buff guy and they call him slab hard cheese and <laughs> all all these crazy names and and in my I would change my name to uh, that entire bit just uh, verbatim. That's cool. <laughs> like four four minutes worth of uh, material. It would be hard when I went to write my name down and anything, but it would be the best.
1: Yeah. Hmm. So, so you dug the Dana Gould podcast?
0: Yeah, it's a fun show. I I've actually listened to uh, several episodes before this one, and I, I like it. Uh, but it's kind of sporadic, like a, uh, you know, when he when he puts it out, isn't it? Is it?
1: It is. I guess he gets super busy. He's oh. got film things going on there's something called ifc that he's going to have a series on maybe um i don't know if we get that here but <laughs> but yeah i mean maybe i can maybe with the smartphone i mean maybe i can illegally download it oh geez nobody bird. hears me say that i know <sighs> i know or maybe i can uh, just I figure out so a way to, i maybe i just need to figure out a way to get ifc here
0: yeah, I'm, I don't I'm mean down
1: with possible. that idea too. Whoa.
0: Spain I'm not sure if uh the IFC Africa. actually exists.
1: Hmm. I wonder, huh? No, I think it's real. I mean Dana said it. I, I believe it.
0: Yeah, if Dana said it, we can we can trust it. I think so. Uh, and that actually brings us to the end of my notes for this episode. Uh, and when we get to that point on podcasts are wonderful. That is when we get to ratings. We all know podcasts are the best, so let's rate this show from 1 to 10. But don't go
1: too low when you rate, my friend, because then wonderful wouldn't make much sense. It's ratings.
0: And podcasts Podcast wonderful. We rate shows on a one to ten scale, where one is the worst and ten is the best. And Kurt, I just have to say thank you for uh, being a guest that lets me get out this uh, rating system scale without, uh, inter- it, you know, without interrupting me the whole time, um, just wanting to get to your rating. I really appreciate that.
1: That's no problem at all.
0: <laughs> so, like I said, podcasts are wonderful. They're really good. So, rating a podcast, I I, I like to stick to the 8s, 9s, and 10s, because there's a lot of work put into them. Uh, Dana had to edit like crazy to put this thing together. He did a good job of uh, uh, putting the bits together where they made sense uh, when he was cutting between two different interviews. That was an an interesting uh, way he put this show together. Uh, So rating a podcast lower than a 7 would be like uh, taking somebody's uh, Twilight Zone episode Synopsis and stealing it and putting it out as your own work. It's not something a good person should do and Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do it I'm sorry for suggesting that Kurt
1: good. Wah wah good. I'm glad you (laughs) realized that.
0: Oh, thank you So what would you give? So what would you give the Dana Gould hour from April 13 2016 featuring Dana Gould and his guests?
1: You know I I would give it a 10 and i think your keep it between 8 and 10 rating system is really fair but i would give i would give dana a 10 i think it's beautifully produced i think what you said about the editing is totally right on and everything sounds it sounds it sounds kind of slick without sounding slick mm-hmm. i like it i like his podcast a lot i love that style of comedy and i like how they're very frank on that show yeah
0: and uh, it almost feels like cheating that he that he's friends with Tom Kenny and gets to get him to be his uh, announcer for the podcast. No kidding. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to give Dana Gould our... I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to give it a 10 as well. Uh, I, th- I really like this episode. Uh, I, I enjoyed that Rod Serling interlude quite a bit. And like you said, the production is really cool. Uh, like there was at one point, there was a, a bit... Uh, I believe it was from Groucho Marx, and I wasn't sure whether it was real or if it, it it was a a fake for the show. And I I believe do you know Kurt?
1: It sounded real to me.
0: Yeah, exactly. And we
1: know I love the Marx Brothers. It really sounded like Groucho to me.
0: <laughs> so I think it it might have been real, and uh, it was just a cool thing to just plop in there, and uh, I enjoyed it a lot. I I I'm a big fan of Janet Varney. She was uh fun to listen to also a big fan of lorraine newman she's really really funny yep um
1: she was the woman on snl on the bassomatic commercial wasn't she
0: i believe so yeah
1: so too Hmm.
0: she did a great episode of another podcast recently the uh lauren lapkiss podcast with special guests oh Um, folks should check that out because it's really funny uh and now that we're done with ratings I hate to say it, Kurt, but that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you so much for being on.
1: Gosh, thanks very much, Greggy. I had a nice time. I, I hope I hope you enjoyed it too.
0: It was it a nice uh, break from the featureless void of uh, the afterlife.
1: It it is. I think it I think it helped me get some some thoughts for the steps from here on out in line. I think. So.
0: Okay, so yeah. we've been teasing it the whole episode. What do you think? Do you think you you would be able to? <laughs> try to transform yourself into another person for some reason let
1: me hmm, let me try it okay I'm thinking gonna take some deep breaths <sighs> I'm working on it
0: mm-hmm. and I, I we're not doing a video call either so
1: yeah
0: you, you just have to let me know
1: I do feel different let me look uh-huh Oh, whoa! I'm some kind of shapely, dark-haired chick.
0: Oh, okay.
1: I think I'm a Kardashian.
0: <laughs> oh, baby.
1: Whoa! Why'd that happen? I don't know if I like this. I don't know if I can change back. Should I wish myself to disappear? Maybe I should disappear.
0: Mm, no, don't do it, Kurt. Cross <laughs> your fingers, please.
1: I'm gonna work. I'm gonna work on changing back.
0: <laughs> well, I'm sorry if I if I've accidentally um. Stuck you in a new body for all of eternity. I apologize. I I didn't mean to do that. It's okay. (laughs) And thank you so much for being on the show. And thank you, folks, for listening. Uh, I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.